Hi, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast, where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing to help you get more leads and clients. I'm Tim Barron, and in today's episode, my co-host and Good to Be Social founder, Guy Alvarez, chats with Bryken Made, Director of Digital Communication at Oric, one of the top law firms in the world. Bryken comes from Big Pharma, and she shares her experience about bringing lessons learned there to the legal space, including how to change behavior with the right message on the right medium and on the right platforms. But before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all of the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy. Welcome to the show, Breakin, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Breakin Made is currently the Director of Digital Communications at Oric, Harrington, and Sutcliffe, and she is coming to the legal industry from the pharma industry. Welcome, Breakin. Hi, Guy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So, how long have you been working on Oric now? Well, it's been almost four months. Four long months. (laughs) (laughs) Are you having fun? You know, it's been a lot of fun. Certainly switching industries is never an easy thing to do, but it's been a fascinating and a really fun journey so far. That's great. So what has been your biggest surprise so far switching over from pharma to legal? What are some of the things that have really surprised you in terms of how things are different or things that you didn't expect coming in? I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Certainly, I knew there were some fundamental differences in the pharmaceutical industry. You're selling medicines, legal industry, you're selling services. So even though they're two very different types of offerings, I do think there's certainly some core marketing fundamentals sort of behind both that can be leveraged across both. So I kind of knew that coming in. Certainly, there's different jargon, you know, different terms, even things like, you know, customers versus clients. So, you know, certainly a language change coming into it and, and just a lot of nuances, certainly with this industry versus the pharmaceutical industry. But I have to say, I, I think the biggest and probably most interesting change that I've observed is it's really about the clients. You know, certainly in the pharma industry, it's a very complex environment where you're not just selling or providing a product to one person or one type of customer. It's a really comprehensive system, spans many years of research, going through the regulatory and approval process. And then once you launch a drug, um, you know, going through uh, distribution and wholesalers and working with managed care and physicians and patients. I'm finding in the legal industry, very different types of customers, certainly our lawyers working with companies that really span all industries, working with their general counsel, with their respective in-house counsel. And so I find actually that to be the most fascinating piece is maybe how can things be thought about from a holistic standpoint here, just like we kind of thought in the pharma industry, even though the whole distribution chain is not nearly as complex. Are there ways to really think about certainly what our clients' companies are going through, some of the business challenges they're thinking of, and ways that we can you know adapt the marketing and communication strategies to further bring that thought leadership and value that our firms provide to the forefront. You know, it's interesting because coming from a regulated industry like pharmaceuticals, a lot of times I talk to lawyers 
And they said, well, we're in a different industry. You don't really understand. We have a lot of restrictions, but I would imagine that compared to all of the regulations and the different things that are in the pharmaceutical industry, it might even be easier in a sense, or certainly different here in the legal industry. Am I correct there? You hit that nail on the head. That's actually one of the things I've been most excited about is typically to get a campaign out in pharma. It'll take you anywhere from probably four or five months to, you know, potentially up to a year plus. Wow. Um, Wow. Oh, yeah. Just because of all the regulations and going through the regulatory medical legal review process. So it's actually been pretty cool here. Um, Even in a short time frame of four months, I've been able to launch some things and, you know, provide some new things internally as well as externally. And it's actually just the time frame has been a lot shorter than pharma. And I actually think that's one of the most exciting things about this. Yeah, that's fascinating. So you mentioned the word campaign. And obviously, outside the legal industry, that's something that most marketers are familiar with, right? Is generating different campaigns, whether it's for different products or even different services. My experience has been that most law firms don't think that way, although they should and really just kind of do things without really trying to create specific campaigns and measuring them really, really strongly to see what's working and what's not. Has that been one of your experiences as well? Yeah, I think you've raised a very interesting point because yes, I would venture to guess that campaigns are probably fairly similar when you're talking about marketing in the traditional sense. And so one thing, I've, and again, it's been a very short time frame, so these are by no means long-term observations, but I think a lot of that marketing discipline that sort of goes into campaign development, you know, I think about my pharma days and, you know, every brand had a very clear strategy. And that strategy didn't change fundamentally from year to year, although it shifted certainly as the product's life cycle transitioned from one phase to another. But every year, there was a significant brand planning process. And out of that came strategic imperatives, you know, for different customers. And, you know, there were customer journeys that were done to gain the correct insight so that we could present education and information at the most opportune times where it has the best chance of resonating, you know, with those clients and ultimately changing behavior, which I think is really the goal of probably most marketing and sales activities is really to change behavior. Um, And so everything was thought really holistically, inclusive of campaigns. Um, And it was less about, you know, the the medium. So I'm doing this website or putting out this newsletter. And it was really, what are the mediums and the messaging and the creative that we can leverage to drive that behavioral change, which probably would include a lot of those specific tactics and mediums. So it was a very sort of holistic approach, if you will. I love it. And you know what? I think getting people like you into the legal industry is exactly what we need because you bring so many great new best practices that most law firm marketers are not familiar with. And even the idea of the customer journey or in legal, the client journey, it seems a lot of times I'm talking to law firms and it's just, it's not something they ever thought about. They don't really create content for different parts of that journey or really even understand it. So it's really refreshing to hear someone that has a sense of understanding of what that is. What other experiences from pharma can you bring or have you shared with your firm so far? And what other best practice can other law firm marketers use and learn from your experience in pharma? 
Well, in addition to thinking about campaigns, and I have to pause and actually, Guy, give you and your company and Tim really props because a lot of the topics on your blogs and under the podcasts that you have are actually really, I think, some solid marketing fundamentals and things that could be applied to make one's activities and projects, you know, even more effective than they are today. And so I really want to give you kudos for Thank bringing you. some of those Thank concepts you. out. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah>, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I completely agree. I mean, if an industry has not yet had to leverage any of these arenas to be successful before, there's no reason why legal marketers would necessarily know this, you know, unless they came from a different industry. So given that, along with the campaign approach, I would also say even from a communication standpoint, I've helped a number of folks at my own firm so far, is just in our communications, let's just ensure that, you know, things are as short and crisp and clear as they could be, that they clearly communicate the value proposition and what value is this piece bringing to whoever's reading it? Is there a clear call to action? Does this piece sort of fit into a larger puzzle or offering of other materials? So even some little tiny nuances, sometimes it's in the little things where we can see a big difference. I'm just really ensuring that all pieces that are put out, and I know sometimes it's a little hard to translate something that may be very complex, you know, from a legal language standpoint, but I think really trying to write things in sort of a consumer-friendly way, as we called it, you know, back in pharma, at the end of the day, I think all humans are essentially consumers, regardless if they're general counsel or there's somebody buying Pepsi at the store. So being able to communicate things in a very clear and concise way, I think, is one big way to adopt, you know, for communication. That is great advice. So you, you mentioned something else that I'm a big believer in earlier, and that is approaching things not by the medium, but rather by the message. And you're right. A lot of times I hear law firms that have their social media strategy, their content strategy, their event strategy, but they sort of operate independently and not cohesively with one another. And from my perspective, that's a huge missed opportunity to really develop an integrated strategy that looks holistically across all different channels and all different mediums and delivers the right content to the right people at the right time in whatever format, channel, or way they want to receive it. So is that something that also you guys were doing in your prior days in pharma? And, and how are you trying to bring that over to your role at Auric today? Absolutely. Again, you hit the nail on the head. It's really about thinking, what do we want to accomplish? What's the overarching goal? And let's say it's something like we want our firm to be best known. And I'm just going to make up a funny example that's not specific to anything here. But we want our firm to be known as, you know, the best firm to consult for the canned bean business. Very niche. And using that example, it's really everybody across the firm, you know, and again, this could be tech, this could be finance, but it's the lawyers who are actually working directly with clients who are in the canned bean industry. It's the marketers and folks on communications teams and other folks in, in BD roles working with those lawyers to bring things to the forefront and get things out into the market. And to your point, thinking holistically, like if that's the overarching strategy is to become the go-to firm for the canned bean industry, then really every Everything, regardless of medium or channel, what are the most impactful messages at its core that would best be brought to clients to help establish ourselves in that particular role? And so once you have those core messages and you have core branding, that's when you think about pulling it through those different channels. And so, okay, how can we be consistent as we pull this through the website? 
um, you know, and pull it through maybe e-communications that we're doing or an email campaign, you know, all focused with those messages and ultimately calls to action with the goal of changing behavior and changing the perspective of those clients of your firm. And then same thing with social. How can we keep a consistent brand, consistent messaging to bring it through? And totally understood that sometimes you have different groups who aren't always working together in person. And, and so certainly I think it helps to start at the top, but also working with colleagues really across the way. Everyone who's working on that can be in business, you know, should be working very cohesively to make sure things that are being put out in the market are working together as a team to move the company's goals forward and really change that perception. And, you know, in pharma, we used to very regularly measure things like brand awareness, brand recall. Can customers recall our top messages that are being shared by our sales representatives? And so that kind of gets into the whole metrics and KPI approach, which are you actually being successful, you know, with your campaigns? And so I think all of this pulled together is really sort of the way to evolve things going forward. That is a fabulous observation. And again, something that I feel like a lot of firms are struggling with, I uh, talking to a lot of firms, a lot of them are barely measuring how effective they are with various digital campaigns and things that they are doing. And even if they're measuring, they don't really know how to extract meaningful insights out of that data. You know, collecting data is one thing, figuring it all out and, and what it means is a completely different thing. So how are you helping Oric to understand that and help them to get the information that they need, but then put that into action? Well, I think, I think the first step is always assessing what exists. So really looking just across the firm and working with other colleagues just to understand what exists today. I mean, certainly there's a lot of great work that's been done for sure. I and mean, I think step two after the initial assessment period is to understand like a gap analysis, if you will. What do we have? What do we not have? And especially as I'm thinking about metrics and KPIs in particular, I've had a lot of great success in the past with using things like a KPI dashboard and having a dashboard that shows early, mid, and late indicators of success that ultimately should drive up your overarching goals, whether that being the go-to firm for the can bean business or being the number one drug for a certain therapeutic area. Ultimately, I think it's the same kind of model and algorithm that you can really apply to sort of any promotional effort. So that step two is assessing, you know, what don't we have? Are there certain metrics in the early, mid, or late categories or all of them that we may or may not have? And once I think you have all that together, it's sort of pulling together a more comprehensive look and a way to automate. I think also some of the metrics that are feeding in because we all know there's tons of data out there. There's tons of numbers that you can get from all kinds of digital and marketing activities, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be insightful or that they're going to be actionable. So I think a big part in step three is really sifting through everything that exists and really pulling out the things that matter and that are going to be your best indicators of success. And again, as I think about, you know, Oracle or even other law firms, if you have a certain goal in terms of becoming the most established in a certain category, all of those early, mid and late indicators should really ladder up to that ultimate perception or firm perception of clients in that target audience to perceive you as one of the top firms and sort of come to mind, you know, unaided recall being one of the firms that pops to mind. It's sort of a, a stepwise approach, but I think ultimately, once you sift through everything and identify your gaps, you're really able to pull together a nice dashboard that will allow you to track and measure sort of going forward your progress. We talked about some of the things that surprised you. What would you say so far has been your biggest challenge? What are you struggling with? What are you finding challenging so far in your short career as a legal marketer? 
what am I finding challenging? As I reflect on that for a moment, like I said before, any transition, you know, from one industry to another is always going to be a, a bit challenging. I would say probably for this, and this may just because of the nature of the businesses, I think really the breadth of activity and the, the breadth of arenas that the firm is involved with, it's so expansive. I mean, for me, that's one of the most exciting pieces because really the work that the firm does just spans so many different industries and areas and really from a global standpoint, many other geographies. And so it's exciting on one hand, but I'd say it's also challenging on the other in that there's so many activities going on that I completely understand why things haven't maybe always been done from a holistic standpoint, just because there's a lot of great work that's done across the board. So I'd say kind of keeping up and aware of everything that's happening so that we can kind of incorporate that and leverage and apply some of these best practices has maybe been one of the more challenging but fun areas so far. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And uh, I can see why that would be difficult. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. One last thing I'd like to ask you is on this show, we have a lot of legal marketers who listen to the show. And I imagine we have some other types of marketers that might be considering making the jump into legal. What advice would you give someone that is considering jumping into the legal marketing industry or to the legal industry? What are some of the things that you would recommend in order to be successful the way that you have been so far? I think really using an approach that is based in strong marketing fundamentals, everything from really understanding your customer or your client inside and out all of the issues and challenges that your clients are going through and being able to plot that along the client journey, along the buying process, understanding those insights, not necessarily assuming that you know everything, but really having those insights each step of the way so you can best reach your target client where they're at, you know, with the right marketing message at the right time. And ultimately laddering everything back up to that behavioral change. Are we seeing the behavioral change that we want based on the metrics and KPIs that we've laid out? You know, all of that is just really fundamental, I think, to a lot of being successful in in business and marketing in general. So I would probably just brush up on those core concepts and see how you could apply them to the legal industry or whatever industry someone may choose. That is excellent, excellent advice. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. And I think some fabulous insights and observations coming from the world of pharma to the world of legal marketing. Thank you again for joining us. And thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Great. Thank you. Before you go, if you like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find show notes for this episode along with all of the Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes at goodtobesocial.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.